to camp? Who, raise your hand if you went to camp a couple weeks ago. Yeah, let's go, squad. Some of you went to camp. You had an incredible experience, but what's next? Right? Some of you have recently accepted Jesus, but what's next? Some of you have been Christians for a while, but still, what's next? Some of you don't know Jesus yet. You're sitting in here like, I have no clue what you're talking about. But you're here at youth group, and I believe that's for a reason. So, <laughs> so what's next? Right, wherever you're at in your life right now, whether you've had an amazing experience with Jesus, whether you don't know him at all, or whether you're just coming here to youth group to hang out with your friends, no matter where you're at, there's always that question that's going to be lingering. What's next? <laughs> Ken's really excited about what's next. But it's true, right? It's, it's when you're in first grade, you're thinking, okay, what's next? I promise it's second grade. Well, I don't promise. So you might get held back. But uh, um, not anymore because I think we're all out of first grade. But, um, but you're graduating eighth grade, and you're going to high school, and you're thinking to yourself, what's next? Or you're, some of you just graduated high school, and you're thinking about college or career or whatever, and you're thinking, man, what's next, you know? Um, or some of you are nearing the end, and you have no clue what you're going to do, or some of you are wondering how to take that next step with Jesus, and the big question is, what's next? So last week, we talked about uh, a couple things. We talked about sharing your story. So that was the first step of what's next. What's next after camp? What's next after accepting Jesus? What's next? Just share your story. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about the things that God's doing in your life, right? The, the Bible says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the step one is to tell somebody about it. God's doing something in your life. Say something. Amen? And the next one was just, the next one that we said last week, for those of you that weren't here, we said that you got to be prepared for the growing pains. You got to be prepared for the things that it's going to hurt a little bit to do what God's calling you to do next. Amen. And I gave you some homework. I said, read Philippians chapter one. I said, share your story and push your comfort zone. Anybody complete all three of those things? Anybody? Anybody? Andres did. Chris did. Zach did. Cool. That's cool. If you didn't, that's cool. But we're going to dive into. Part two of this series, and we're going to have some homework. We're going to have some things. Not like, you're like, dude, I'm out of school. Why are you giving me homework? It's not like that kind of homework. It's homework that if you do it, it might change your life. It, and so if you will, for the next 25, 30 minutes, if you'll pay attention, if you'll focus up, if you'll hear what I'm saying, God might do something in you. Amen? So we'll start off today by reading some of chapter 2. Um, so we know what we're working with. So we're, this series, What's Next, is a series on the book of Philippians. Everybody say Philippians. It's a fun word to say. Uh, and so last, it's, it's the, the book of Philippians is four chapters long. So guess how many weeks we're going to do? <laughs> four, not five. This many. Uh, so we did week one, now we're on week two. So what chapter are we on? Okay, sick. So everybody open your Bibles, if you have them, to Philippians uh, chapter two. We're going to read there. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. So if you, if you want a Bible, you can raise your hand and someone will get you a Bible. Nick wants a Bible. Sweet. Cole, you want one? Jesus wants one. How many do we have? We got two or three. We got two. Jesus, you get one next time, bro. Nick, Nick's getting one. And Cole's going to get one. 
going right there. He's got Nick. Sick. Sweet. And those are yours to keep, okay? Take those home. Those are your Bibles now. Um, but if you have it on your phone, too, you can do that, whatever you want to do. So uh, we're going to read um, Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to do verse 1 through 8. The Bibles that you just received are probably a different translation than mine is, so it's going to uh, phrase a little bit different, but it's the same concept, same word of God, all that good stuff. Everybody cool? Give me a uh-huh if you're there. Philippians 1 through 8. All right, I'm gonna, uh, Philippians <laughs> chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. Here I go. So this is Paul writing to the church uh, in Philippi, and Paul is writing with Timothy from prison. So you might not know this, but Paul, the apostle who wrote a bunch of the New Testament, wrote a lot of it from prison. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Anyway, so <laughs> here we go. Verse 1, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who, th- who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So basically it's saying that Jesus, we'll pause right there. Basically it's saying that Jesus is fully God, and while he was on earth, he gave up his deity. He gave up his godliness, his abilities as God, he gave up those to be a human, to live a life with the same struggles we all live with, um, while still being fully God. So, so he had the, he had the, Jesus had the ability the whole time to do things that, that, that you would see God the Father do, but he decided not to because he was going to humble himself and be like one of us. Isn't that amazing? But emptied himself, verse 7, By taking a form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So, the first thing I want to talk about today is humility. So answering that question again, what's next for us? Let's start with humility. Is that cool? So what is humility? I believe it was C.S. Lewis. I could be wrong on this, but I believe it was C.S. Lewis that, that said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. Does everybody catch that? You know what I mean by that? So it's not tearing yourself down. It's not thinking less of yourself. Oh, I'm just blah, blah. That's not humility. That's oftentimes false humility. If you're trying to tear yourself down, oh, I'm not that good, oh, I'm not this, oh, I'm not blah, 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 right? That's not humility. That's thinking less of yourself. But what real humility is, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Meaning that you think of others, you think about Christ, you think about those things more than you think about yourself. Um, one of my favorite pastors, uh, Levi Lusco. Anybody ever heard of Levi Lusco? Uh, one of, uh, Levi Lusco and his wife, uh, Jenny... I believe is her name. 
Jedi, uh, spoke a message on Father's Day, which was just a few weeks ago. And Levi uh, used this example of a great architect. So imagine this. And th- this is an example of humility. So imagine, if you will, that you're an, you're an architect and a builder. We'll just throw it all in one. And, and imagine that it's your doing and your design and your plan and your team that builds the greatest skyscraper the world has ever seen. It's beautiful. It's mind-boggling. How does that even make sense? And it's tall and massive, and you built this. And you're excited over the moon, and you're proud of it. And you're like, this was the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. That's amazing, right? Now, a humble architect doesn't become less excited about what they did. They would just be just as excited if somebody else did it. Does that make sense? So, so you can be excited about what you achieve. Because not being excited about what you do is not humility. That's not it. So you can be excited. You can be proud of yourself. You could, you could know that God has given you gifts and you don't, like, I'm a great singer or I'm an I'm a, um, amazing basketball player or I'm a super good artist. Like, those things are amazing. But l- look at this. If you're an artist and you, and you draw something, right, and you're so excited and you're so proud of it, just make sure that if somebody drew something that was just as good, if not better, you would be just excited about that. That's what humility is. I don't care who made this skyscraper. It is amazing. It's incredible. Have you seen this? You ever met someone like that who gasses up their friends just as much as they gas up themselves? Right? It's like, you should see what my friend does. Oh, my goodness, they are talented. Right? That's humility. So practically, humility looks like a couple of things. It looks like giving all the glory to God. Amen? Being thankful for the gifts he's given you. And it looks like being out of this world, over the top, excited about the gifts he's given other people too. Humility is, is, is to be amazed by God's craftsmanship and creation. That's like, wow, God did an amazing job creating the Grand Canyon, but also, wow, God did a great job creating coal. Right? That's, that's what it looks like. So, so, if, so if Cole hops up on stage and he plays the keys better than I do, it's not that I'm jealous of his talent. It's that I'm like, wow, man, you are so talented. That's incredible. What a gift. Does that make sense? That's what humility looks like. Micah 6, 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. We could, I could preach a whole message on that first line, but I'm not going to do it. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? To walk, not run. Humbly, not with pride. With God. And with your God. There's a lot all in that thing. Walk at the pace of Jesus. Do it with humility. Do it with him. Knowing that he's yours. And that he's God. Does that make sense? Proverbs 11.2 says. And, and just so you know. If I read a Proverbs. everybody Has anybody ever read some Proverbs before? Proverbs is a book in the Bible that's all about wisdom. These are things that you should do. These are things that will set your life right. So, so if I read a Proverbs. Listen up, because it's really good. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. So when pride comes, there's disgrace. When with the humble, there's wisdom. 
So this looks a lot like us partnering with each other and with God, championing all of our gifts and talents and listening to wise counsel while all pursuing the goal of reaching souls for Christ and making disciples. So I want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to live out my destiny. I don't want to live out my purpose by myself. I want to do it with all of you. Amen. And I want to do it with people whose gifts are the same and different than mine. And I want to do it while seeking wise counsel. One of the things that has blessed Danielle and I's ministry here so much is having um, my dad be the pastor of this church because he's an amazing pastor and having Jeff and Paula on our leadership team. Uh, reason why is Jeff was Jeff and Paula were our youth pastors, or my youth pastors, not really yours, but basically afterwards. They were my youth pastors when I was a junior in high school. And so being able to be a youth pastor with my youth pastors, it's like a cheat code. How could I ever do anything wrong? You know what I mean? It's amazing. And so seeking wise counsel from somebody is good. Sometimes you get to this age... Um, uh, it's, it's like the, the word sophomore. Everybody heard that word sophomore, freshman, sophomore. Sophomore actually means like wise idiot. Like you're, you're just smart enough to not be fresh meat, but you're still dumb enough to not be a junior or a senior, right? And, and, but it, and it, it's literally what it means. But, and anybody ever like noticed that by like, I was talking about this the other day. A lot of people think because they're going to college to study a certain thing means that they're an expert in that field already. Like when I went to school, I studied, I studied theology, religion. There were so many dudes that were freshmen in college that thought they were now theologians. I said, you haven't even taken a theology class yet. It's all gen ed. You've taken stats and geography. And like, you know what I mean? Or there's people like, I'm going to nursing school, so let me, let me fix you up real quick. You haven't, you haven't taken one class. As, you know, <laughs> what? Right, so, so what I, the reason I'm saying this is we shouldn't, <laughs> we shouldn't get to the point where we're so full of ourselves that we think we can't take wise counsel from somebody else. Like for me, as a Bible student, I'm still not a theologian. Years of studying the Bible and I still feel like I don't know anything, which is good. If you think you know everything, um, you don't. And if you don't think you know anything, you have space for wisdom. Right? So sometimes it's good to be the wise idiot. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so let's pick up. That's humble. So everybody good, good with that? Humility. That's, that's one thing we got to do. That's what's next in our life. Let's be humble about what we're going to do. Let's let down all of our pride. Let's, let's be about other people. And if you do that, if you're a humble person, you'll be noticed in your school, in your workplace, and all these different things. People go, what's different about you? I love Jesus, and you should too. Right? It's amazing. All right, let's pick up in verse 13 of that same chapter 2, and we'll go to verse 15. So just a couple. Uh, Where's verse 13? Flip the page. Here we go. And there we are. Okay. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God. Without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Who knows that (laughs) we're probably still living in a crooked and twisted generation. Amen? You see what's going on in the world? It's crazy right now, but it's okay. God's better and bigger than all that, so I ain't worried. Um, Among whom... You shine as lights in the world. 
Isn't that funny? We just got out of a series called Chase the Dark. <laughs> we did a whole series about being light in the world. And we now we're going through Philippians in the in, in second week. Point number two is let your light shine. So what's next? Let your light shine. What's next? Be humble and then let your light shine, right? How can I make the world a better place? How can I change the mood in a room or how can I change the atmosphere in a conversation or in a setting that I'm in? How can I be the change agent in that room? Something I tell our leadership all the time is that you guys, and you guys can all take this too, is you should be thermostats, not thermometers. What do I mean by that? Anybody know what a thermometer does? It reads the temperature. Anybody know what a thermostat does? It determines the temperature or changes the temperature. So for you to be a thermostat instead of a thermometer means that I'm not going to walk in a room and just gauge the room and see how the temperature is. I'm going to be a thermostat. I'm going to walk in the room and decide what the temperature is going to be. Does that make sense? So I'm not going to walk in a room that's negative and full of gossip and full of all these things that are not uplifting to God. I'm not going to walk in the room and just feel it out and be like, oh, that's rough. And then, <laughs> right? A thermostat does feel the temperature, but as soon as it's off, it changes it. If I set these uh, thermostats to 72 degrees, every time it goes to 73, they say, nope, going back down to 72. That's how we ought to live our lives. We walk in a room and it's like, 85 degrees, whoa, going back down to 72. Gossip, right? Bullying, right? All these different things, or just bad stuff. Those of you in high school, you know what I'm talking about, junior highs. But <laughs> you walk in a room like, oh, no, whoa, wait, whoa, whoa, we're not doing that. Right? Or your friend group, hey, did you hear about, no, I don't want to talk about that. If, if it's a story, I want them to tell me. Amen? So let your light shine. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, and we've read the scripture before in here. It says, you are the light of the world. You're not the light of this room. You're not the light of your house. You are the light of what? The world. It says, a, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to all, uh, to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. So let your light shine because you all have a light. There's this Persian poet I was at uh, today. I took a break from studying and uh, during lunch I went to my uh, jiu-jitsu class. And uh, yeah, so yeah, don't mess with me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you totally can. You can beat me up still. I'm just a big teddy bear. Um, so, but the... the uh, this black belt, was his name's Matt, he was speaking and talking about something. And he quoted this Persian poet uh, named Rumi or Rumi or something like that, but I don't know what his name is. It, his actual name is like 30 letters long, but he goes by Rumi. <laughs> um, or Rumi. Let's say Rumi. Everybody cool with that? Rumi. So his Persian poet named Rumi said this. If you look out and all you see is darkness, look again. Because you're probably the light. Especially if we're following the formula that we talked about in that last series, Chase the Dark. So if you look out and you get there, <laughs> and all you see is darkness, <gasps> it's like the thermostat talk. Instead of being like, oh, it's dark in there, be like, sick. I'm the light for this room. I've arrived at the place I'm supposed to be because this room is supposed to be lit. <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> 
So, with your decision to follow Jesus comes a bit of responsibility to light a dark world. Amen? So if you decide to become a Christian, if you decide to follow Jesus, if you decide to change your life from the inside out, if you decide to set in place your eternity, which I would suggest everybody do, if you do that, it comes with a little bit of responsibility, but so does everything else. You take a job, like Ken did a little while ago, that comes with responsibility. Every, every good decision in our life comes with some responsibility, amen? It's like Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Ken, with great power comes great power. <laughs> All right. So here's, there's a good thing and the bad thing about, um, about this, about lighting a dark place. Being the light to a dark world. You want to hear the good thing or the bad thing first? Okay, I'll tell you the good thing. So, the good thing about this is it is not hard to light the dark. It's not. I've never seen one of these lights in here have any trouble lighting up this room. I've never seen a campfire have trouble lighting up the people around it. It's easy. The hard part is keeping the flame lit. So the good news is, is once it's lit, it's not hard to light up the darkness. I, if I walked around with a, with a torch, nowhere that I went would be dark anymore. It just won't. I could see darkness far off, but it won't be dark where I'm at. If I had a flashlight, everywhere I went would be light or lit. <laughs> it's lit. Um, but the hard part is keeping the flame going. Amen. So just like a campfire, to let your light shine, you got to fan the flame. And you got to do things in your life that will keep your fire alive. It's not like, oh, I went to camp or, oh, I accepted Jesus and now I'm the light of the world and the light's always lit and I go everywhere I go and everything's cool. In theory, that's awesome. But, like, you have to do things to keep that going. you got to be in your word. you got to be praying. you got to be worshiping. Whenever you you got to get to church whenever you can get to church. Come on Wednesdays, come on Sundays, do, come on Saturday to our beach day. You got to do what you got to do to keep that flame lit. My friend Cole here in the front row, he went to camp with us. It was amazing. I never met Cole in my life until he showed up for camp. It was awesome. And he told me before camp was over, he said, Brett, I'm changing my availability at in and out I said, really? For what? He said, I'm changing it so that I got Wednesday nights off and I got Sunday mornings off because I'm going to be at church. So what happened in Cole was there was, a, there was a flame, there was a light that was lit. And he decided early on, I got to do something to keep this going. I got to do something to make sure that this light doesn't blow out. And so for, for you, you might be thinking like, oh, that's crazy. I thought it was just lit the whole time. <laughs> I thought I could like just chill for a second and come back. No, you got to keep fan, fanning the flame. And you're like, Brett, you're asking me to do a lot of things. It's good though. It's good for you. It's so good. It's like Sam and Nick, they've been working out. They're looking buff as heck back there. And, uh, but that don't happen unless you go to the gym, right? You don't just wake up one day and have muscles. I, I wish too, like, you know what I mean? Danielle wishes I would wake up with muscles too, but no, I'm just kidding. Arm wrestle me, see what happens. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but you got to go. You got to put in the work. Anything you want in life, you have to put in the work for it to sustain itself. So being a Christian is the best thing, following Jesus is the best decision you could ever make in your life. Because it's not just about this life, it's about eternity. But with that, you have to put in some work. And that's okay. 
It's like anything else. You got to put. You want good grades? Put in the work. You want to get your driver's license? Put in the work. You want to take a girl on a date, men? Put in the work. Because you can't just slide in the DMs like, hey, you want to go out? <laughs> Ladies, if someone, if some fool does that to you, block later. No, get to know me first, homie. Yeah, right. You can't just slide up in here and ask for it. <sighs> Come on. Or, hey, mama, what's good? Nope, block. <laughs> Report. <laughs> no, All of it, right? <laughs> get out of here with that. Right? You got to put in the work. Go outside of your comfort zone and find Jesus in places you normally won't. Or you normally wouldn't. So what do I mean by that? We find Jesus at youth group. We find Jesus at church. Go somewhere and do something that would make Jesus show up in your life in a place that's not church. The crazy thing is, he's always there. You're just not, you, you, just, you just tune him out when you're not at church. So don't tune him out no more. Amen? And the last point I have is a great way to help this. So let's go to verse uh, 19 through 24 in that same chapter, chapter 2. And, uh, and then we'll get to our last point here. I'm doing good. I got four minutes left. Oh, no. I'm not doing good. What, what verses did I say? 19 through 24. Remember, this is Paul writing to the church of Philippi. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy... To you soon. Timothy was a young pastor that uh, Paul had been mentoring. Okay, that's all you need to know because I'm out of time. Here we go. So that I too may be cheered by the news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. He said, I don't got anybody else that cares about you. Okay, anyways. So, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Verse 22. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly after, I myself will come also. You're like, um, Brett, that set of scripture right there is just Paul gassing up Timothy. What does this have to do with my life? Uh, what it has to do is, number three, is the next thing on your list is to find good company. Just as Paul had Timothy and Paul had Barnabas and Paul had all these other people in his life, if you read the Bible, um, your capacity as a leader, your capacity as a, a, a world changer, your capacity as a change agent will be limited or freed uh, by who you have in your circle. Your friends will either cap out your potential or blow the roof off your potential. It's up to you. Who are the people that you ask for advice? Who are the people you go to when times are tough? Who do you talk to the most? Go on your phone. Who do I text the most? Who do I Snapchat the most? <laughs> right? You guys look goofy out in public Snapchatting people. It's like, what? You guys are crazy. Who influences you the most? Who do you, who do you try to be like? I'm just trying to be like Rihanna. Don't do that. <laughs> right? Guys, I'm just trying to be like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No, don't. 
I mean, he's swole, but don't. The answer to all those questions should be godly people who build you up, champion your gifts, and tell you yes when God tells you yes and tells you no when God tells you no. It's not just about people saying yes to you. I wish it was. Hey, guys, you think I should buy a Ferrari? What do you think? <laughs> I don't got that kind of money. Um, I could buy a Hot Wheel Ferrari. Uh, but, right, it, it, it's about people who, who, if you ask them, should I do this, they will say, hold on, let me pray about it. I feel like God's saying yes. Or if you say, hey, should I do this, and you know God said no, they'll come back, I think God's saying no. And you're like, yeah, he is, though. Gotcha, good one. You know what I mean? Like, we should have godly people around us who champion us. Don't tear us down. You got friends that are like, oh, I wish you, you wouldn't do that because it's just like not, probably not realistic for you. Right? You ever told someone in your dreams, I want to be an artist. I want to be a professional musician. I want to be a professional football player. I want to be this. And someone's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's really attainable. Sorry, I don't want to live your boring life. You know what I mean? It's like, like, get people who are like, yes, you can do that. You could do whatever you set your mind to. I want to be a garbage man. You could do that. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, bro. They make actually bank. So, uh, anyways. No, no, no. Uh, like a, uh, a waste worker. Okay. <laughs> Proverbs 13.20. Remember Proverbs? Everybody listen up. Proverbs 13.20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Half your friend group is fools. <laughs> right? So you might find yourself asking, Why can't I stop cussing? Why can't I respect my parents? Why can't I stop lying? Why can't I stop gossiping? Why can't I stop going to the parties I shouldn't be going to? Why can't I stop filling the blank? Why can't I stop looking at things I'm not supposed to be looking at? If you ever come to me and ask that question, Brett, why can't I stop doing this? I'll ask you this very simple question. Who are you hanging out with? And 90% of the time, that's the reason. I can't stop, I can't stop disrespecting my parents, Brett. I just can't do it. Who are you hanging out with? Every single one of your friends disrespects your parents and their parents. You know what I mean? Like, that, like God, uh, Brett, why can't I stop coming to church? Because your whole friend group comes to church every week. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it works the opposite way, too. Why can't I stop? To, who are you hanging out with? Brett, whenever I'm not at church, I just have a really hard time believing the Bible and doing that. Who are you hanging out with? On Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Monday and Tuesday, who do you hang out with? And is it easy to be your true self, a follower of Christ, or is it hard with those people? 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. That's straightforward. That's easy. Why am I having such a hard time not sinning? Because all of your friends are wretched sinners <laughs> you know what I mean but that's great because I know a savior but the thing is I don't want you to be in a close circle of friends that they all need desperately the savior even though we all do I want you to be in a close circle of friends that love desperately the savior amen
doesn't mean you can't be friends with those kind of people. That just can't be your whole circle. Can't be your whole circle of influence. Hey, you want to do this? Uh, well, my pastor said no. What's a pastor? Yep, you're right. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, figure it out. What, who's in your circle? So when you ask yourself what's next this week, think humility, lighting up a dark world, and hanging out with the right people. So here's the homework, and then I'm done. Everybody ready for the homework? Number one. Everybody say number one. Compliment someone on something they've done. You don't got to repeat it. Just listen to it, all right? <laughs> Comp- this week, compliment someone on something they've done, and don't be jealous about it. So, like, like Sam and Nick, if, Sam, if, if Nick just benches, like, 100 more pounds than you this week, just be like, dude, that's tough as nails, bro. Proud. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever it is. Find something and compliment somebody about something. It's like the architect thing. Man, that is amazing. Don't be fake about it. Like, be honestly amazed by someone's gifting and talent. Be amazed by how God made somebody next to you. Amen? That's number one. Number two, try and put a smile on someone's face this week. That's pretty easy. Just try and put a smile on someone's face. The compliment will probably do it. (laughs) So it's like pretty easy. That's two and a one. That's a two for one special. Uh, You might even get the biscuit and the sweet tea with it too. I don't know. But try to put a smile on someone's face. Amen. Number three. Everybody say number three. Hang out with somebody this week from this group of people. Say, like, who's trying to hang? You know what I mean? Because, because, here's another easy one. Guess what's going on on Saturday? So, like, here's how you can do the whole homework for this week. Give someone a compliment. They'll smile. That's two and one. And then come to the beach day. And hang out. And, and, and start building your inner circle of closest friends of people who trust and believe in God and, and, and want the best for your life. Amen? doesn't mean you can't be friends with the friends you're with now. It's just they can't influence your life the way you've been letting them. Yes. And got to read chapter 2. Ken, said, Ken gave you homework. You got to read chapter 2 again. So the chapter we just read, I skipped some parts in it. So go back and read the whole thing, okay? He said, wow, you skipped it? Really? Is everybody cool with that? Give someone a compliment. Make somebody smile and hang out with somebody from this room. Amen. Let's stand up. God is good. All right, let's stand up. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this place and in this group and in our hearts. God, we pray right now that you would just um, lead us this week. You would guide us. Help us to be humble. Help us to be light in a dark world. And help us, Lord, to fix our circle, to hang out with the right people, to seek wise counsel, to do things the way you want us to do it. So we we thank you for your life-changing power and uh, all the things you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.